Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. I wanted to look at the uh, list, and there is a laundry list, of Final Four rivalry matchups as we get ready to see the Tar Heels and Blue Devils in the Final Four in New Orleans. You know, meetings between uh, rival teams don't happen that often, but they have happened. And when they happen... Uh, it seems uh, sometimes it's in the national championship game, but we have a list of the games where conference rivals have faced off against each other in the final four. So in 2016, in the semifinal, number one, North Carolina played uh, number 10, Syracuse, and North Carolina kicked their ass 83-66. The orange and heels weren't like, you know, rivals big time when they met in that Final Four. Syracuse uh, had just joined the ACC in 2013-14, and then uh, the expectations were high with Bayheim's team uh, as they took on top-seeded North Carolina. But the bottom line was, um, you know, that team had just upset uh, Midwest Region number one, Virginia, and it didn't seem like it was that bad of an idea to think they could do it again. Uh, against an ACC power. But uh, Joel Berry had 10 dimes for the Tar Heels, and they won easy before losing to Villanova, of course, in the championship game. In 2001, in the semifinal, number one-seeded Duke played number three-seeded Maryland. Good game. Duke won it by 11. Uh, The Terrapins entered that 2001 NCAA tournament as a uh, 21 to 10 number three seed, uh, you know, in terms of their uh, record on the season. Gary Williams' team had played uh, 29 and four Duke, tough three different times, winning once uh, while losing twice. And uh, those two losses came by a combined total of four points. A close game uh, was anticipated when they hooked up, but the Blue Devils who erased a 22-point first-half deficit, won the fifth of an eventual six consecutive tournament games by double digits. Shane Battier had 25 points against the Terps. Duke went on to win the title over Arizona. Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and Maryland would capture their own national championship the very next year against Indiana. 
In 2000, in the semifinal, number one seeded Michigan State took on number eight seeded Wisconsin in a Big Ten brawl. The Spartans would win the game by 12, 53 to 41. Michigan State beat the Badgers on consecutive Saturdays in February in the Big Ten tournament semis and then at the Final Four. It was just crazy. Uh, it was an amazing run for the Badgers, though, to make it that far. Dick Bennett's team upset top-seeded Arizona in the round of 32 and then beat higher seeds LSU and Purdue. And then the run ended against the Spartans, who got 20 points from Morris Peterson to record a perfect 4-0 record against the Badgers on the season. Michigan State kept on rolling with a 13-point win over Florida to capture the national championship for Tom Izzo. In 1989, in the semis, number three-seeded Michigan took on number one-seeded Illinois. What a game. The Wolverines got it done 83-81. to Michigan lost two regular season games to Nick Anderson, Kenny Battle, and Illinois by an average of 14 points. But the Wolverines got some momentum under Steve Fisher in the Southeast Regional. Michigan blew out Virginia by 37 in the Elite Eight, setting up a third meeting with the Fighting Illini. And the Wolverines got 28 from Glenn Rice. One of Pharrell's all-time favorites. Every time I have an and one in a basketball game, I yell, Glenn Rice! And a game-winning putback with two seconds left from Sean Higgins was the difference. And the Illini lose by the bucket. What a game that was. Maybe the best of all of them. Let's go back to 1988 in the championship game. Number six, Kansas against number one, Oklahoma. And what a game. 83-79 to 79 Jayhawks. Stacey King, Harvey Grant, Mookie Blaylock, and the Sooners won 21 of 22 from late January through the national semifinal. That run included two eight-point wins over Kansas. It didn't matter, though, the third time they met. Danny Manning recorded one of the greatest title game performances in the history of the NCAAs with 31, 18 boards and five steals as the Jayhawks got it done by four. How about 87? I was there in New Orleans in the semifinal when number two Syracuse took on six-seeded Providence and they blew them out. The Friars were the surprise of the 87 tournament. Billy Donovan, Indiana transfer Delray Brooks, and the rest of Patino shooters capitalized on a new three-point line and beat top-seeded Georgetown by 15 in the regional finals to get to the final four at the Superdome. Then they had to face Ronnie Cycli, Derek Coleman, and that Q zone. The Friars shot dismal. Five of 19 from three, and the Orange went to the title game where they lost to the Hoosiers on a Keith Smart game winner on the baseline. Indiana came back from 13 down with three minutes to go as Bob Knight won his third national championship, beating Jim Beheim, stealing it from him. How do you make up 13 in three minutes with sickening man-to-man defense? How about the 85 semi? Number one seed Georgetown against number one seed St. John's. 
but it was ugly as the Hoyas blew them out. 77-59, the two number one seeds split during the regular season, each winning on the other's home floor. The second game was played at the Garden in New York where John Thompson unveiled his own version of Lou Karnaseka's lucky sweater. The Hoyas won the sweater game and then repeated that feat two more times. Georgetown beat St. John's in the Big East tournament title game and then again in the national semi. Reggie Williams put up 20 for the Hoyas. Chris Mullen had just eight shots from the field as they shut down Mullen it over, Mullen it over. There were more. How about 1985, number eight seed Villanova over number one seed Georgetown, 66-64. What a game. It's called the perfect game. Villanova shot 22 of 28 from the floor on its way to a stunning upset in the championship, beating defending champion Georgetown. It was crazy. The Wildcats played the Hoyas tough during the Big East season, losing twice by a combined total of nine points in the title game. Dwayne McLean had 17. Ed Pinckney had 16 against Patrick Ewing and the Hoya defense that had held its 37 previous opponents to 39% from the floor. But Raleigh Ball got it done. In 81, in the semis, number two-seeded North Carolina took on number one-seeded Virginia. And the Tar Heels beat them by 13. Dean Smith and the Heels had gone 0-2 against Ralph Sampson and the top-seeded Cavs in ACC play, including a tough one-point loss in Chapel Hill. Things, though, were different in the semis in the Final Four. Al Wood went off for 39 points. Sampson was held to 3 of 10 from the floor. And the Heels got it done. 78-65 was the final. North Carolina on top. But the Heels proceeded to lose to the Hoosiers in the championship game. And you gotta love Indiana. And then who could forget 1976 in the championship game when Indiana destroyed Michigan 86-68. The Hoosiers... Uh, have been through so many seasons. But how about a perfect season? Bob Knight's team, the only one to ever do it. Indiana had two regular season wins over Johnny Orr's Wolverines that year. The first by six points in Ann Arbor, while the game in Bloomington went to overtime before Indiana won that one. Hoosiers had a much easier time in a championship game. They beat them by 18 behind. 51 combined from Scotty May and Kent Benson. You gotta love Indiana hoops. At least I do. One last thing I wanted to do before I forget is to go back and admire the work that St. Peter's did in the NCAA tournament. Shaheen Holloway, get ready for him to be Seton Hall's new coach. But what a a run they went on. Uh, Thrilling wins over Kentucky, Murray State. Purdue, you beat the number two seeded Wildcats, the seven seed Murray State, who was like 29 and two, and the number three seed Purdue. And then uh, you don't get it done against North Carolina on Sunday. They got their ass beat by 20. They couldn't hit a, a shot to save their ass. They, they were missing everything, layups, you name it. Nothing would drop. Holloway always talked about not wanting to wake up from the dream as St. Peter's became the first 15 seed in tournament history to reach the Elite Eight, and then they fall short of New Orleans in the Final Four. But what a performance by the Peacocks. I love that kid, Doug Eddard. 
He played in North Jersey at Bergen Catholic High School, the Crusaders. He was a badass there when he was playing in his schoolboy days. Holloway won't talk about Seton Hall, but he will when they pay him 10 times what he's making now, 266 grand. He said, I'm not worried about that right now. I'm worried about those 15 young men whose hearts were broken and they're all really down. It's my job as their leader to cheer them up, make them understand what they did the last couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to walk out of here the same we walked in with our heads up. He even said they shocked the world. You got guys that's going to be remembered for things that they can tell their kids and grandkids. It's a story within a story. I'm super proud of these guys. I came in here, made history, point blank, period. No one has done it. I got to tell you, it was devastating watching them lose on Sunday. It ruined my weekend. A buzzkill of epic proportions. I was so jacked for that game, and then they couldn't hit a shot, and early on the refs made all kinds of terrible calls, but then they got steamrolled by the heels. They got worked. Anyway, it was a fun run for the Peacocks for sure. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.